Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage and truly surrender everything to God that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. We are continuing our series on motherhood, and today I'm excited to have Stacy Klein on the podcast. She is a wife to husband TJ for four years, and she's a mother of five-month-old twin boys. These are miracle babies after two years of infertility and IVF. She's a photographer and a designer, and she loves discovering and creating beauty in everyday life. After walking through infertility, she is now passionate about supporting and encouraging others going through something similar to let them know that they're not alone to experience the Lord's comfort and hold on to hope. This episode is powerful because in this she's talking about hope and disappointment, which is really the essence of this podcast. <laughs> what we talk about so much is holding on to hope in the midst of disappointment. And there is so much disappointment in the process of trying to have a baby and being unable to do that for so long. So I hope that this podcast is encouraging to you. I hope that you find some support in that. And please go and follow Stacy on her social media. She has some awesome content over there. And you can find her on Instagram at stacykline.co. And the link to that will be in the show notes of this episode. Be encouraged. Hey there, Stacy. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> this is such a pleasure that you're here. I would love for you to share a little bit with my listeners who you are, what fills your days and maybe what you, what you did before you are juggling two little humans. Right. Right. <laughs> well, my name is Stacy. Um, I'm married to TJ. We've been married since February of 2018. I'm a photographer. So I had been shooting weddings for about eight years. Um, but with having my twin boys, I no longer do weddings. So I just do photograph, um, things for brands and I also do um art and like painting and calligraphy and things like that. Oh, awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so cool. Man, I wish I could I wish I could draw. That is not a skill <laughs> that I have at all. <laughs> it's fun. That's awesome. And so and you have two two little boys. Yes. Jones and, and Winston. Jones and Winston. Awesome. And how old are they now? They are five months. That is wild. I know. It's really crazy. <laughs> and are you surviving? We are. We're surviving. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. It's probably just an endless cycle of feeding, diapering, bathing, oh, yeah. all the things. The first few months were definitely a blur. And I can't <laughs> believe we're, they're already five months. But I feel like the last few months or a couple months, we've definitely gotten to more of like a groove and a rhythm. And yeah. 
you know, we're still learning for sure, but yeah, definitely it's a lot better than, than those first couple months. <laughs> I'm sure that it's, I mean, yeah, when you get into that, you get into like this routine of them. And I, I would just say to people, I, cause I just have one, but I'd be like, oh, this is what she likes, or this is the way, you know, when she's doing this, this is what she's saying. And then she changes. <laughs> and then right. it's like, well, um, she used to like that and now she doesn't anymore, right. but, and I can't even imagine with two, I mean, that must be so crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's so fun. I, I find myself yeah when people ask like their differences, there's such small differences right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Winston smells like a little bit bigger and smells <laughs> like more with his right side. And it's like things where people are like, okay. <laughs> and they're not identical twins, right? No, they're not. They're, they're fraternal. Yes. So they, they look different too, but they, of course they have different personalities as well. I mean, so, so do identical twins. What, who are we kidding? Yes. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. That's so well, crazy. It's, it's so obvious to me, but some people definitely they're like, Oh, are they identical? And I'm like, no, <laughs> um, obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> they're brothers. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's wild. Okay. So I would love for you to just take some time, share, um, share this story with, with, uh, my listeners and, we'll kind of get into some of those goodies of what the Lord did, um, in yeah. and through your story. Yeah, absolutely. So our journey, um, really deals with infertility and IVF mm-hmm. and it ends well, as you know, with our two boys, Jones and Winston. Um, but yeah, it's, there's a lot to process from the last few years, especially. So like I said, we got married in 2018, February, and both of us from the start, like we, even in engagement and dating, we talked, we both were very passionate about wanting to be parents. And mm-hmm. both of us knew that that was like a huge desire and passion of ours. Um, so when we got married at first, we were like, let's just wait a year to have kids so we can really focus on like our marriage. Yeah. Kind of agreed to a year, but we always were kind of like, well, maybe this month we'll have an accident, baby. Like, <laughs> like borderline, like, but it, wouldn't it be fun if, you know? Right, right. Um, and I think it, we only made it to like eight months before we were like, you know what? Let's just, let's just see what happens, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not try, but let's not, not try. <laughs> And Mm -hmm. so I totally thought like, well, we're for sure going to get pregnant because that's the first time that we've, you know, tried and um, didn't get pregnant, but obviously I wasn't too worried about it. And I had um, a few weddings at the time scheduled for like, you know, nine months from then. So I was like, it's probably for the best because I'll be shooting some weddings. So, you know, let's just stick with our original plan because, you know, we can plan it all out perfectly. (laughs) If only. If only, Yeah. (laughs) I think I've discovered about myself. I like to research a lot when I get excited about something. So <laughs> I got tracking your cycle apps and mm-hmm. did a whole bunch of research on ways to conceive naturally. Um, but really, I guess at the beginning, the first six months, I would say, I, I didn't think too much about it. it yeah. Just like, Let's just try and see what happens. And I had known, I would say in general, most of my friends got pregnant pretty easily. But I definitely have had friends that have walked through infertility and mm-hmm. done IVF. So I knew that it was a possibility that it could take, and they even say this online, it can take six months to a year um, norm for anyone to get pregnant. Right. 
So I wasn't really concerned. Even I remember people would ask me after like six months, like, how are you guys doing? Like, I know you want to have a baby. And I was like, we're doing honestly really good. Like we still have a lot of hope. That's great. Cause a lot of times there, people are putting so much stock right away when they're like, no, I, you know, it's in my plan to do this. And you know, when you're, when you're ready to, you know, pull the goalie, you're, you know, have the expectation that that's going to happen right away. So that's great that even after that amount of time, you weren't wallowing in disappointment. Cause a lot that's for a lot of people right away when they want to get pregnant, it's like really disappointing every month when that doesn't happen. Right. And I have to remind myself, I mean, especially on this side of things, looking back on how long it took us, it's hard Mm -hmm. for me sometimes to have compassion on people who are like, it didn't work this month. Like the first time, it's so hard for us, you know? And I just be like, oh, (laughs) wow. But Mm. then I remember, like, I mean, I for sure, I mean, I had a lot of but even every single month, even in the beginning, it, it is so disappointing when it doesn't, yeah. happen, you know, when that's what you want. Right. So I know that even if, no matter how long you've dealt with infertility, it is, it is hard. And I have to remind mm-hmm. myself that sometimes. Yeah. So that, I think maybe the last six months, last six months of that first year, it was definitely mm-hmm. getting harder. Yeah. Um, and that's when I was doing a lot more of like, okay, what natural supplements can I take? Do I change my diet? Do I change, you know, I don't know, exercise, activity, just like yeah. all the natural things, essential oils. Like I would do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it just still wasn't happening. So I think that's when we started getting discouraged. And then we knew, okay, after a year of trying, we'll go to the doctor and just kind mm-hmm. of see, you know, what the deal is. So it was January, 2020 which is just a good time for everyone. <laughs> just some um, quality time for the oh, world. Yeah. We had so much hope, <laughs> we for, so much hope for 2020, <laughs> for the vision that we would have. Oh yeah. Oh, man. Words and like, what's your word for the year? Mm, yeah. Travel. <laughs> travel. <New> life. <laughs> oh man. Isn't it? Okay. This is an aside, but isn't that wild that that's been two years? It is. It is very wild. I'm still for sure processing 2020. (laughs) Yeah. I think most of us are. We're like, I'm sorry. What? (laughs) I know. Seriously. So I remember feeling really frozen thinking, okay, how do you just like make an infertility doctor's appointment? Like, oh man, no one tells you how to do that. You know, that's a painful phone call. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause it, it, it really, it's one of the first like accepting moment you know you're like okay I'm actually making an appointment for this so I remember I started I was like I'm just gonna make a regular checkup with my OBGYN that just seems a lot less intimidating so I did that and then she referred me to someone who is a fertility doctor at their clinic um and I would say yeah they were very helpful this first place that I was at but there also was a lot of things that (laughs) were just difficult in general which kind of leads to there's just a general like um obviously when you're not going through something personally you're just not aware of what things are hurtful to say you know isn't that Um, the truth (laughs) so many things and on the other side you're like wow I understand things so much more so even at this clinic you know they would say certain things like I would because they it was an infertility or a normal OB that also um 
dealt with like infertility and certain things like I would make an appointment for infertility and they'd be like okay what's your name and they were just going through the process they're like what's your due date and I'd have to be like I don't have one that's why Mm -hmm. I'm calling you know so I made that appointment and um I remember meeting with the doctor with my husband and he was like, our goal is to get you pregnant within three months. And we were like, okay. Like at that point, we're like, three months is a long time compared to like, like we just were so ready, you know? You were like, um, how about last month? That would be great. (laughs) Right. But we're like, you know, March, I mean, that sounds great. Um, and obviously it didn't happen that quickly. And I think, so in the, the scientific realm, they label you infertile if you've tried to have a baby with it or for a year without getting pregnant. Okay. Um, and I remember at first I was like, I'm not going to label myself infertile. And I still agree with that. I never would say yeah. we are infertile. I would say we're struggling with infertility. Yes. But there was something that actually was really validating of like, mm. okay, I'm actually dealing with infertility here, you know? Yeah. It's acknowledging the, that like, there is something wrong. Like there's something that's like out of alignment that that's out of the natural way that God designed it. Yeah. So it's actually important to put a label on or a diagnosis on something. It doesn't mean that you're identifying with it by saying, like, like you said, you're not saying I'm infertile, which is like identifying with it, but, but Mm -hmm. saying I'm struggling with it or I'm experiencing it. Yes. You know, it's not a portion. Right. Yeah. And I think you know, hope is a, a big theme throughout infertility. Of mm. You're hoping for a baby and praying for a baby. And sometimes your hope is just totally shattered. Sometimes it's just there, you know, a little bit, but it's wow. kind of like hidden. But yeah, like if you were to label yourself infertile, I feel like that just throws hope out the window, you know? That's oh, like, interesting. Yeah. A baby. But if it's something that you're working through, then there's still that glimmer of hope. Yeah, totally. So we were dealing with infertility. (laughs) So this is kind of starting off 2020, which for us was a full year of doctor's appointments. So it started off, you do male testing, female testing, just a lot of doctor's appointments initially to kind of figure out like, is there anything wrong or, you know, certain levels of things that are lower than they should be or higher than they should be. Um, so for the most part, we were pretty normal. There were some things that we were, we could say, okay, or the doctors said like, that could be a, um, one, a factor that it's been difficult for you, but there wasn't anything that was like, it is impossible for you to get pregnant naturally. You know, we, yeah, we, again, still had hope of like, okay, well with your help, maybe, (laughs) maybe this right. Right. So just having some of those, I'm sure like going through those tests and, and things, just gives you some guidance to know what are the things that we could do or, or, you know, to do it, to do it naturally. Yeah. Yeah. And on one hand, it was kind of helpful because it felt like we were being active, you know, we're Mm -hmm. we're making progress is what it felt like um, instead of just waiting, which in general, I think that's definitely the hardest part of trying to have a baby is you're just waiting. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, there's really only a few days that you can get pregnant each yeah. month. And then after that, you're just waiting until you maybe take a test or maybe you just, you know, wait for your period to come, you know? And I have thought also about how time when you're dealing with infertility is just like a totally different ball game. Like mm. everything you're either 
waiting for th- like thing time either seems super slow and you're just like waiting and waiting or it wow. seems super fast and you're like I'm trying to think of an example of that but it's just all over the board and I feel like anytime any day of the week someone could ask me like where I was at in my cycle and I would know oh I'm sure <laughs> like, you just know every it was running your life at yes. that point yeah it was very consuming yeah wow so with our situation, and I think a, a lot of people who start going to the doctor for this, um, they said that an IUI is kind of one of the, the first medical or medicated cycles that they mm-hmm. suggest. So it's inter, interuterine insemination. Mm-hmm. So basically it's kind of the first, it's kind of like a baby IVF in a way. <laughs> yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> baby <Yeah>. IVF. <laughs> the brain (laughs) um basically they they give me medicine um just to regulate my cycle and then they do insemination um so it just boosts your chance of getting pregnant because they're timing everything out yeah and um yeah I don't even know all the science behind it but I think but the crazy thing is even with these procedures um which are not cheap either this is when it started to financially be like okay we are investing in this no kidding (laughs) um but I think like best case scenario your odds of getting pregnant are about 10 percent wow so which was a lot better than the odds that we had previously but okay a lot to go through for something that like the chances are still not great (laughs) right right and you're you know it's a I don't want to call it a gamble but like especially, especially with what you're, with what you're investing financially, man. Right. So we agreed, okay, this is the next step and, um, we want to give it a try. So this was March, which if we remember, that's when everything kind of started going down. So I remember I was just waiting for my cycle to start because they said day one of your cycle, give us a call and then we'll make an appointment for you. And then we'll be able to like start your medications and things like that. So I remember I was waiting for my cycle to start and I called them and I said, Hey, things are getting a little crazy with, um, the pandemic. Are you guys still open? And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah. Just give us a call. And I was like, okay, good. So the next day, literally my oh. cycle started and I gave them a call and I was like, okay, I'm ready. And they're like, I'm so sorry. We, with the shelter in place. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we're, we're not oh. doing any elective procedures, which is what that was. So they're oh, like, that must've been so disappointing. It was so disappointing. Cause yeah, back to, I guess the theme of hope is, is like, okay, now this, yeah. this could be it. This could work. And then, and, and then you get to the point too, where you're like, we're willing to do this. Yes. You know, yeah. we're willing to make the financial investment, but also, you know, this is a procedure. Yeah. And that's, so that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to wait. And I think it was hard too, because well, obviously no one knew anything at that point, Mm -hmm. but we didn't know how long things would be closed. They didn't know. And so it was just this undisclosed amount of time of more waiting. And at that point too, our hope had been shattered for trying naturally. I mean, we were still, were like, okay, I guess we'll just keep trying but we kind of were like, it's not going to work is how we felt, you know? Yeah. So then thankfully it was actually only a couple months later that things reopened again. Um, So I think it was June that we were able to have our first IUI. And so we ended up doing four cycles of IUI, which is like four months basically. And 
I think I've kind of like processed a little bit that this is one of the lowest points for me, just mm -hmm. in terms of our whole journey, because, um, yeah, me and my husband were talking about uh, this soccer analogy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like when you're trying to have a baby and it's not working, it's like you're on a soccer team and you play game after game and you lose like 20 games in a row. And it's just mm. so discouraging every time you lose. <laughs> and then after you lose, you have to play again. And there's like, you have to, you know, gear up to have the energy to like play and just wait another month emotionally and everything. Um, but then you realize like, oh, maybe I was just on a really crappy team with just like trying naturally. So when we tried our IUIs, we were like, okay, we're on a really good team now. Like now I think we yeah. might have a chance of winning. So then you play again and then you lose. And it's like, ah. Oh. And so every time, especially when you feel like you're on a better team, you know, with whatever yeah. cycle you're doing, it just gives you that much more hope. And then it's that much more devastating when, when it lose. doesn't when it doesn't happen. Yeah. Man, I can't even imagine the, and you know, we, we talk all the time about hope on this podcast because mm -hmm. it's in the name yeah. and, um, but I, I can't imagine the level of disappointment continually that you need to go through mm -hmm. when you're experiencing what you're, ex what you guys were experiencing just over and over and over again. It's, um, I mean, you must just have such a hard experience in that time of the month. <laughs> and, and just yeah. when that happens, I, I can't even imagine that. I, yeah, I really can't. Yeah. It really is something which I, I'm glad you can't imagine. <laughs> you know, I, I really, yeah. I'm glad that not many people go through this. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it is, but, but a lot of people do a lot of people do. You're right. A lot of people do. Yes. And, and, and too many people do. It's, yeah. it's a really, it's a really hard experience. So, so you're on the soccer team, you keep yeah. losing yes. and you just have to keep playing. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, doing four cycles of the IUI, what was, what was the, the next step? So the next step, and I think our doctor told us that three cycles or so of IUI, if it, if that doesn't work, then IVF is pretty much mm -hmm. the next step. So we kind of knew, especially after the first one, they were like, you know, that didn't go great. Like, I don't think that, I think they were kind of like, you can keep trying, but we're not quite sure if this will work for you guys. And um, so we we were prepared that IVF would be the next step. And so I, I do think, cause it definitely takes some time to kind of warm up to the idea of like, okay, we're gonna do IVF. That's gonna be our, yeah. our party. <laughs> Never pictured that for sure. Um, but I think it was helpful to have that in, my, in our minds of like, okay, if this doesn't work, that is our yep. next step. So that we, the whole time we were doing our IUIs, we were kind of also processing or starting to process doing IVF. And you weren't like, we're at the end of the road here. Right. You knew yeah. that, okay, there's another, there's a next step that we could yeah. do and, and that we will do if this yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Right. So we even had hope in that yeah. <laughs> there's hope in what you're doing with the IUI. And there's also hope in the future that if you need to do, um, IVF, then you you'll have that option. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think it was crazy time too, because it really is such a silent struggle back to what you were talking about with so many people do go yeah. through, you know, there's so many times, like I really, I've never really dealt with social anxiety, <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And then, but I really dealt with it because there's just so many times that I was like afraid to see people like friends or like family, even sometimes you just never know who's going to say like, Oh, so when are you guys going to have a baby already? Wow. Or like that. And yeah, there's just so many, you give your guard up so often. Cause you're like, what are people going to say? You know, yeah. things and yeah. So how did you handle that with the social anxiety? I think I tried to give myself grace sometimes when I knew like, okay, I'm just not in a good place right now. I'm not going to go mm-hmm. to that party, you know? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes I just wouldn't do things, um, which partially was um, due to the pandemic. Um, things were a lot more strict for us because- yeah. If you start, so every time we went to the doctor, you know, they, they ask you the questions of like, have you been around anyone yeah. with proper fever? And if we had, they would cancel our cycle. And so not only emotionally, are you like, we're ready. We want to do this, yeah. but we've already done the medications. There's things that you can't just undo. <laughs> yes. So, so you we, had to, you we, had to be more careful than, than the average person. And I mean, a lot of people should have been careful and weren't. And, yes. you know, <laughs> at that time, right. yeah. yeah. So I think, especially going through it in 2020 and I guess 2021, 2022, yeah. <laughs> there's just a lot more, um, fact it's not like normal life when and at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what would you do? I mean, you, you had mentioned people would like, you know, maybe people would ask like, Hey, when are you going to, when are you guys going to have a baby? Oh, right. Um, did that happen? What did, what were your responses when that happened? Most of the time I would just kind of joke it off like, haha, not yet. Or, you know, yeah, (laughs) I'm not a super confrontational person, especially like in a group of people, Mm -hmm. um, especially experiencing some social anxiety. You don't want to (laughs) be, yeah, it kind of feels like there's so much that if you were to say anything, like a balloon would pop and you have no idea what you would say. (laughs) Yep. That makes sense. A lot of times I'd either just bite my tongue or, you know, make a little joke. I think towards the end, you know, because my husband felt the same way. Um, Mm -hmm. We would maybe make some jokes of like, well, it's not always that easy or, you know, try to say something to let people know. Um, And there's, you know, so, so if you're listening and maybe you're asking some random people when they're going to have a baby, maybe consider Right, you know, um, some tact in that right. because it can be really challenging to be right. hearing those questions. Yeah, and if you know someone really well, like I think it was helpful when people were genuine of like, so are you guys wanting to have a baby? Like, what's that like? Yeah, for you? you know, um, which is kind of annoying the time and the place. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> I also I remember writing down all of the things that I would hear from strangers or whoever that were really triggering or just named mad. And it's really, really cathartic actually to just like write it all out. <laughs> okay. So just give us a few of those things if you would. Yeah, okay. And if you're listening and you're thinking, maybe I said something, don't worry about it. There really is so much grace. There's um, so much grace. I think that the number one thing is just relax. Just like have you tried <sighs> relaxing and then it'll happen? You're probably just trying too hard. <laughs> that, oh, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> just there's grace for that, but please don't. Yes. 
or yeah. you know my cousin's mom's sister she dealt with that and then they just took a vacation and it worked or you know they tried this natural drink and that worked you should try that you know I think just a lot of advice in general of have you tried this and that because most of the time if someone's going through infertility they've they've done the research and they've they've tried <laughs> whatever they can and they've tried to just relax thank you yes absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah so some of the, or things you know like I remember I mean I don't even really drink alcohol that much but just in certain settings where it's like you know people are having a glass of wine or something mm-hmm. I remember being so cautious like I have to have a drink in my hand because if someone sees that I don't, they're going to say, oh, you're not drinking. Do you have an announcement? Uh, so all those little things that even like still sometimes, yeah. like, you know, what are people going to think if I, if I take a drink or if I don't take a drink and you know, all those things. So Man, that's wild. <laughs> okay. So back a little bit back to the story. Yes. You just, you, you finished doing, um, IUI. The next step was IVF. Yes. So it's funny because I think if someone were to tell me you're going to do IVF, I would think that that would be like the low point for us. But really, Mm -hmm. I think this is where things kind of turned where, yeah, back to hope. We had hope again. We were like, okay, this really gives people babies. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is a lot physically, financially you know, emotionally and everything, yeah. but like, we feel like this is the way. And we, we did have a lot of peace about it. I know a lot of people, it's more of, you know, it can take a lot to get to a place where you're ready. Mm-hmm. I think for whatever reason, both of us were like, okay, yeah, I think this is, you know, where God is leading us and the way that we're going to hopefully have our babies. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't know, obviously at that point. Um, can so you yeah. just talk a little bit about what, what IVF is too, from maybe those people that, that don't know as well? Yeah. So, um, kind of like broad level, what it is, it's in vitro fertilization. I had to like think about it. I'm like, what is it? What does it stand for again? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, it is amazing just the science that they have behind this, first of all. Um, but what they do is they put you on medications. So they collect as many eggs as possible. And that is the egg retrieval. So that is a pretty, um, yeah, extensive like procedure, like you, I'm put under for it mm-hmm. um, and leading up to it is like pretty intense, <laughs> but so they do that, get as many eggs as they can. And then they take a sample from the man and then they put it together. Um, and so I guess, yeah, and they're, they make little embryos. They don't make embryos. <laughs> this is like such a loose. No, no, I told Yep. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So then um, they take however, em- em- however many embryos you get yeah. and they can keep them in the freezer, which is just bizarre. It's wild. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. And then they transfer, um, an embryo and that's what can hopefully yeah. be doing it. So yeah, it is a big, um, financial leap though, which mm-hmm. we thankfully had a lot of assistance from, um, my husband's job, which was, wow. and that was another answer to prayer because actually, they, we didn't know about that until, um, 2020, they like sent out an email. They're like new benefits. We actually include some fertility treatments. And that was, so that was a huge blessing, which I know. Praise um, the Lord. Yeah. Cause babies are expensive. And I'm sure that a lot of these, all of that stuff is crazy expensive. 
Yes. And yeah, I think just emotionally, I mean, no one wants to have their baby that way, you know? Right. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of levels and a lot of categories to process going Mm. into IVF to be ready for it. But at the same time, I think I was surprised at how simple it is, you know, like I Mm. think when you actually go through the steps and they're like talking about everything, it can be overwhelming at times for sure. Um, like when they were showing me how to do the shots for the first time, I was like, what? But when you take it step-by-step, like it's actually like, it makes sense. And it's really not like too crazy of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. They've made it so that like normal people can do this and they do and, and it's possible. Right. Yeah. So let's see, this was September of 2020 and we, um, did the, our egg retrieval and that went really well. So thankful awesome. for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of shots and everything leading up to it, but we were just like ready. And it's funny because even in the scheme of things, IVF, it really, it feels like the tip of the iceberg really with like our whole journey leading up to it. I, cause I think people think like IVF, that was like, that must've been the craziest thing for you, but really everything leading up to it, the two years. Yeah. That was way harder than IVF was. <laughs> and I think there's an element too of like, you just have the grace for something when it's right in front of you. A hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, we did that. And then, so we had our first transfer. Um, so, which is kind of like, I don't know, anniversary day. It's like, it, in it's the, a big day, right? It's a big day. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is the day. And, yeah. Um, it's kind of crazy. They give you a picture too of the, they like wow. do a round while they're doing it. And then you can actually see them putting the embryos in and it looks like this little shooting star. We'd say. Mm, so that's they beautiful. Like, they give you your ultrasound photo and there's a, so side note too, I was really, I got involved with a lot of online communities with people mm. who are also going through infertility and IVF, which was really helpful just to like be able to process, you know, random specific things that no one else cares about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also just to see how many people are like going through this as well. Yeah. Um, but, and they have all these acronyms for every little thing. And one of them is called Poopo. Okay. <laughs> so, they say after you do a transfer, you're pregnant until proven otherwise, because really it's like you have oh, an embryo in you. Yes. So it's like, you know, I think it's just, you, you should know, be. Faith and, yeah. 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 So I think also leading up to this point, we were like, IVF is pretty much the answer. Like we know it's <laughs> not guaranteed, but if you get to the point where you're willing to do that and you're doing it, like that's it. And yeah. so we just had full hope and we, our transfer failed that time. Mm. So that, well, I guess the IUIs were hard, but this definitely was the hardest. <laughs> right. I mean, so with that, with that acronym pr- pregnant yeah. until proven, otherwise you were pregnant and yeah. you miscarried. Well, Do you, would you consider it that? I wouldn't consider that. And I think okay. actually that is the hardest part is it, it felt, um, I have never had a miscarriage. Which yeah. I'm, I haven't either. Before. It felt this weird in between zone where I'm like, okay, mm. I feel a loss. And this is, it was the first time that I felt a loss because mm. up until that point, we just never gotten pregnant. This is the first time that's like we had, and we transferred two embryos. We had, we had embryos and now we didn't, you know, those, yeah. those. And so it definitely felt 
like a miscarriage in from my understanding in terms of how I was dealing with it but I also knew that it wasn't yeah it wasn't quite that if that okay. makes sense. yeah yeah well, basically what it probably means is they just didn't take like they didn't yep, they didn't implant yes, yes right yeah yeah so yeah that was definitely a low point for us of just even processing like do we if we try this again like is it good is it ever gonna work and mm-hmm. even the small things that are kind of big things of like well if we do it again we've already we hit our deductible in like January <laughs> so oh I'm sure you did <laughs> sure. over you know in the new year and so you're like well we would really only have one more shot so mm-hmm. at this point we actually took a trip to Harry Potter world <laughs> which yes. was yeah, it was a very good decision for us. <laughs> I think, yeah, we just needed some time to get away and reset. And so yeah. that was actually a really great time. And good. I should say too, throughout all of this, I am so thankful that my husband and I were really so close throughout it all. It brought us closer for sure. Um, and that, that was never- going to be a question that I was going to ask you too, but yeah. yes, continue. Yeah. I never felt like man, I'm really going through this and he doesn't really care if we have a baby or not. You know, like we mm-hmm. both were very much so like, this is hard for both of us yeah. you know, in different ways, but in, I would say in the same level. Um, yeah. So that's something I'm very thankful for. So that's a yeah. huge thing. Yeah. Praise very the Lord that that, that that was the case for you guys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So you went to Harry Potter world. We did. It was so much fun. And <laughs> came back everything is kind of what we needed to like reset um because also right away so you you have a blood test and that's what confirms after the um after your transfer if you're pregnant or not okay yeah so part of that too is we tested at home on just like a normal normal pregnancy mm-hmm. test and yeah there, I tested early which is kind of like taboo like don't do that to torture yep. yourself but I was like well maybe so yeah, it was just kind of a, a few torturous days of thinking, you know, it probably didn't work, but you never know because the, they'll do the blood test and they say that's what really, you know, is accurate. Um, so did the blood test and that was negative. And that day, even they, a nurse called and they're like, would you like to do your next cycle? And I remember it was just like, I'm just still processing what just yeah. happened. But at the same time I was like, but yeah, I want to get started because yeah let's just do it because you're ready yeah ready yeah and there's so much um involved with it that even the soonest I could do it again was two months away because there I think just certain things with the meds like they they put you on birth control for two weeks before you get started and just the timing of things so yeah even when you start immediately it still is another two months away wow (laughs) Yeah. So, but thankfully you don't have to do the egg retrieval again. Um, if you have enough embryos, which thankfully we did. So it was just the meds leading up to transfer. So did the transfer and it was right around Christmas time. Um, and yeah, so it was so crazy because it was about a year ago. Exactly. So um, it's, it was kind of cool to process or go back and look at my journals a little bit this month to Mm -hmm. last year of, wow, I cannot believe where we were at. <laughs> no kidding. So we did our transfer before Christmas. And I remember 
we could take a test and find out on Christmas probably, but we were so scarred <laughs> that we were like, yeah, I do not want to know. Let's just enjoy Christmas. It'll be great. We'll just be in that poopo bliss. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and my husband's birthday is actually the day after Christmas. Okay. So we were like, let's not ruin that either. Let's just mm-hmm. move forward. Um, try not to think about it, even though it's like the only thing you can think about, you know, every little symptom you're like, oh, I felt like a twinge in my uterus. That <gasps> Could that be it? <laughs> yeah, I just eat too much. <laughs> um, Yeah. So then we, I took a test at home and I even just think back to, we were such emotional wrecks that morning when we knew that we had a blood test scheduled to see if Mm -hmm. we were pregnant or not. And we were just absolute wrecks, but thankfully we were pregnant. So that's what came out. That little Jones and Winston were growing inside of me. <laughs> wow. That's so wild. So, so it was a very successful transfer because you got, you had two babies out of it. Yes. Which I should Based say on. too. I think one thing that I really learned is God is the one who makes babies and yes, he does. Not that I learned that, but you know, it confirms because I think some people think, Oh, well, when you do IVF, it's just kind of a guarantee. Um, but especially because we transferred two the first time to like really increase yep. our chances and neither of them worked. We were like, okay, yep. this is in the Lord's hands. Yes, um, it is. So the fact that both of them implanted and became our babies the second time, we were just like absolutely shocked. <laughs> Praise God. Praise yeah. the Lord. And then, and then several months later they're born. And I know that you, they were born a little bit premature, spent some time Mm -hmm. in the NICU and all of that. Um, but what I, what I, and do you have anything there that you want to touch on? On them being in the NICU? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I would say it it was definitely hard, but actually Mm -hmm. my husband and I processed, I think because we went through so much in getting pregnant and leading up mm-hmm. to it that we learned you you really have to let go of expectations of how oh, things yes so I think you know because I think a lot of us have this glorified view of this is what it's gonna look like when I get pregnant and then this is what my pregnancy is gonna look like and then this mm-hmm. is what my birth is gonna look like and it just doesn't always happen that way so I think because we had that mindset we were kind of prepared of like okay yeah this is not ideal to have our babies in the the special care nursery, but, um, there actually were a lot of pros to that. So they were only there for 10 days, which okay. actually it felt like a real, a big blessing, huge blessing. They never good. needed oxygen. Um, so oh, the main good. thing was just, yeah, having them gain weight, um, and have their like feeding, they were on feeding tubes for yep. a little while. And yeah, so it was, it was a little kickstart. Yes, it was definitely yeah. hard, but so much that even we were thankful for because we had nurses there 24 seven and lactation. So everyone was just like giving us tips and we're like, okay, this is actually really nice to have the help. That that's so great that you had that perspective that of just kind of releasing the control because you've been working through that, this whole process. Yeah. So praise, praise the Lord for that. What I want to, what I want to dig into just a little bit here is you know, you, you, you keep saying that there was this cycle of, of having hope and, mm-hmm. and then within that there was continual disappointment too. Mm-hmm. Um, how were you able to 
particularly process that that dark season of the IUI season um, mm-hmm. that you that you said that that was maybe the the hardest of it um, for you. How are you able to process that when this whole process is moving like really quickly? What was that like? And even now, do you feel like you've kind of caught your <laughs> caught your breath a little bit? in being able to recognize the disappointment and, um, and, you know, give it over to the Lord, even though you have beautiful babies now. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the first things or first ways that I was able to process is I remember right before we did IVF, I was like, okay, I just, I I have so much swimming in my brain, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so many thoughts all the time. I just need to get them out. And so I sat down and I just typed out our story up until that point. Um, and it was about 11 pages and that was really helpful for me just to be able to start processing, get everything out there, because I think there's an element of, especially to your friends and family, you want to be hopeful and positive and you want to be like, you know, things are hard, but maybe next month or, you know, so it was so important to have a place which you know, by myself writing is kind of as vulnerable as you can get or as open as you, mm-hmm. you know, want to be. So that was really nice to have that. But even just some friends um, to process with. I am so thankful that I had a few close friends that were also going through something mm-hmm. similar. So that was like game changing just to be able to have people that I could talk to who understood. Um, yeah, so that was really helpful just to be able to process with friends and just like, I, I definitely didn't open up that much like publicly or like mm-hmm. to a lot of people, but just to like a small few. Yeah, I mean, the this this must be such a personal thing because you're walking through it in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I mean, it is really, I'm sure very hard. I know some people that do share their experiences on social media or whatever, mm-hmm. but it just must be a very vulnerable thing because you're holding on for hope. Um, but you don't want everyone being like, Hey, how did the transfer go? You know, when, you know, like in the moment you, you want to keep that a little bit private. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I think, especially when there's like dates involved, people are like, Oh, I'm the seventh. I know you You should be able to know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, one thing too, that I remember is I saw somewhere that they said going through infertility every single month, it's like you go through all stages of grief every month and then Mm. you pick yourself up and you start over. And then it's, you go through all the phases again. I can't remember them all, but it's like, first you deny and then Mm -hmm. you uh, bargain and then you accept it and then you just start over. Yeah. (laughs) So there's a lot of exhausting. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. And in terms of now, do I feel like I've had a chance to catch a breath? <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> I mean, especially at first. So got pregnant. It was super exciting. And I will say, yeah, pregnancy is like a whole nother topic. <laughs> oh, we could absolutely. <laughs> if we had all the time in the world, we would talk about all of it. <laughs> um, but I know at first, a lot of it, like the control piece or the, I think the trauma from everything, it's like everything up until that point, you're used to things not working or things failing. Mm. And so even when you get pregnant, 
you have all these thoughts of like oh my gosh like is this gonna work and then you're like okay well I'll just make it to this point and then I'll feel much better you know there's so much anxiety about like oh which I think people deal with in general with pregnancy but I I do think it's harder when you go through a infertility and IVF to get pregnant that that's I think that's a really good point I mean you're probably waiting for the next ultrasound and being like you know is it going to be okay or you know when's the other shoe going to drop right in this dream right and on top of that I had a pretty difficult pregnancy um I just was very very sick (laughs) so as a lot of people are with twins but there's other complications that you experience too yeah yeah and it you know there's so much to be thankful for um as a whole but just the sickness was brutal (laughs) yeah Um, and so it's okay to be thankful and I'm sorry to interrupt I'm just gonna say it's okay to be perfectly thankful and happy for your experience that you're pregnant and also acknowledge that there's struggle in the pregnancy and this really sucks in the moment too so holding those two are perfectly fine yes and I definitely remind myself of that because I would I would feel really guilty of like I'm not allowed to think that this is hard because we worked, I wanted this for so long, Mm -hmm. you know, and I worked so hard for this. I know some people um, that also went through IVF, they would joke, like, we paid extra for this, (laughs) (laughs) which is like, yeah, I mean, that's true. (laughs) Extra for this. (laughs) I think I definitely had moments. And I think part of that is realizing, you know, when you have babies, you just don't quite have the time like you maybe did in college where I could be like, I'm going to go on this like prayer retreat or yeah. <laughs> in the coffee shop for hours and journal. <laughs> but I definitely have had some moments yeah. where I've been able to kind of be like, okay, wow. Like looking back, like I think um, this December when I was like, wow, it's been a year since mm-hmm. we found that we were pregnant and that's kind of crazy. So I brought out my journal and, and read through some of the pages and it was yeah. just special to read and crazy to see yeah just some of my processing before we found out we were pregnant and Mm -hmm. then after but it definitely has been a whirlwind of pregnancy and then you give birth and that's a whole nother thing and no kidding (laughs) (laughs) and then you're thrown into the into motherhood and all all of the things and you know by asking have you been able to process it or have you I I don't want to, I don't want that to be pressuring for you or for any listeners to be like, have you processed it? Have you done it yet? Because we're all in process. And I was, I was sharing with the, sharing this to you before we started recording that I just, I firmly believe that when it comes up, Mm -hmm. that's the Lord saying, we can heal it now. We can do this. And, and, um, and just being able to take those in small steps, um, because, you know, it, you, you, you don't have time to, to go to a coffee shop and journal, you know, extravagantly for hours with the Lord. And maybe there'll be a season for that, but right now, you know, taking this sort of step-by-step and, um, and, you know, just, just acknowledging it when it comes up and taking the time and bringing out your journal and looking back and reflecting is all just a step in that. So the season of, you know, early motherhood where you are and where I am too, frankly, it doesn't that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be deeply sitting and processing our stuff, but when it does come up, just having grace for yourself yeah. and, and 
you know, giving it to the Lord when it does. Yeah, that's so true. Cause there's definitely just little moments where you are reminded of where you're at, you know, a certain time or place last year or two years Mm -hmm. ago. And then you remember, wow, that's either that's still kind of hard. And I didn't realize that that would still be hard for me right now, or wow, that's not hard at all. And I can't even believe how different it is now that I'm like here with my little babies staring at them compared to like how much yeah. I wanted for that before. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it is really special. Even all the things that it's just amazing how much we, uh, you know, grace we were given to forget how hard things were. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think it, like, even with the boys here, I mean, it's definitely not all like, well, everything's perfect and easy. <laughs> <laughs> but when I think back to some of the things with IVF and, you know, the shots that I had to do or things like, it's amazing how much I really have forgotten that mm-hmm. because now that I have received, you know, the promise of these little babies. Yeah. It's just amazing how much it, it's just, it was all worth it. Yeah. So. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing that. I did an episode, um, with, with a friend of mine named Anna Brosh, um, who also walked through infertility and, um, she, um, she and her husband grew her family through adoption. And in that, and in that episode, she's, she talks about that. She wasn't able to process that grief as well, kind of in the moment. And it was later down the line when that came up and how that was, her process of, um, just being able to acknowledge, like there's grief here and there's sadness that, um, that, that, that wasn't able to happen. So, so for, for listeners, there's a little reference point that you can tune into that episode with Anna Brosh. Um, just a few episodes back, but, um, but Stacy, this was such a, a joy to hear your story, to hear, um, to hear just the journey that the Lord has brought you on. And now you have these two beautiful little boys who I've, I've met. They're just adorable. But before we, before we, um, you know, before we say goodbye, what would you say to somebody who's in the throes right now of struggling with infertility or experiencing it? Um, what would you say to them? First thing that comes to mind is just that you're not alone. I know that it can feel very isolating, especially if you don't have any friends who you know of that is that have struggled with Mm -hmm. it or are open to talking about um yeah I would say you're not alone and see if you can find people even if it's on the internet that is the the pro social media there's a lot of people that I actually feel really close with that live on the other side of the world or Mm -hmm. the country and never met but we were doing IVF the same month and so we became friends and there's so much to community and yeah, just going deep with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of really the, the main thing that comes to mm-hmm. mind. <laughs> You're not alone. And if you feel alone, go find people because there's, there is, there are people who are going through exactly what you're going through. Yes. Um, so that's, that's wonderful, wonderful wisdom there. Yeah. Stacey, thank you for being here. Thank you for, um, just sharing your, sharing all of this. I so appreciate it. Would you, um, just as we close, would you just say a prayer for, um, for listeners and for, um, yes, women who maybe be, maybe experiencing this too, but yeah, just close us out in prayer if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, dear Lord. I just thank you so much for your heart, for, for babies and for blessing us with children. God, 
Um, I thank you that you are with us in the journey. You are with us in all of the the hard moments that no one else sees, God, and um, you just have so much hope for us, Lord. So I just pray for all the, the people who are listening, who are going through infertility themselves or listening on behalf of a friend and just wanting to understand more, God. Um, I just pray that you would comfort the hearts of people who are listening and are in that, that low point, that aching for a baby or experiencing loss and not knowing how to move forward, God. Um, I just pray that your comfort would overflow and that you would just remind them of your hope. Lord, thank you so much. And thank you so much for the blessing of our little babies, Jones and Winston, God. Amen.